Welcome back into the Ebony Bird Podcast. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I believe our last episode was the week after the Super Bowl. Again, the Eagles defeating the Patriots, but um, just a lot of things going on. Uh, we, Of course, a couple other sports podcasts, football podcasts in particular, kind of took some hiatuses after the season, and we did a little bit of that. Uh, a lot's been going on. The free agency began, um, and, you know, me and Joe are in our final semester as a college uh, site expert Joe Schiller, who won't be joining us this week. He has a new Twitter handle, by the way, that I did want to mention. It's Joe Schiller NFL now, so make sure you go follow him. Uh, between him starting a new part-time position at 105.7 The Fan, we certainly want to congratulate him on that as well. And also, like, I had a couple things going on along the, for example, like the broadcasting convention I went to in D.C. a couple weeks ago. So there were a lot of back and forth. Spring break for me was last week, but it's great to get back in uh, for more Ravens talk. Again, the Ebony Bird podcast brought to you by Fansided. Follow us out on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and check us out at EbonyBird.com. This podcast coming to you through iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Before we get into everything, make sure you download the Ebony Bird app where you can check out all of our latest posts on your mobile device. Uh, go to the iTunes app store to do this. Some recent posts, uh, one by Joe, Baltimore Ravens, two-round mock draft 3.0. Corey Hughes, C. Hughes 612 on Twitter, recently wrote, where did the Ravens go after losing out on Eric Ebron, who signed a two-year deal with the Colts, I believe it was either last night or this morning, probably late last night, and then... One by Chris, what the Ravens can expect from Chris Moore in 2018. So lots to dive into. Again, I'm host Jake McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. Just reached 500 followers tonight, another big milestone. The road to 600 begins now. Joined by site expert Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and a contributor, Jonathan Dugan, joining us for the first time. You can follow him on Twitter at DuganFootball. He has plenty of posts out on Ebony Bird, so another contributor joining us as well. So uh, welcome into the show, Jonathan. We're looking forward to having you on tonight. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm, I'm happy to join you guys and talk a little bit of ball. And, you know, we got we got draft season is upon us, and, you know, Ravens are making some moves. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm all over Twitter. Anytime there's something, you know, draft-related, usually – um, you, you can get my thoughts on it right there. Um, lately with free agency, I've been talking about, you know, the Crabtree pickup and um, Smokey John Brown. Um, I, I used to write for uh, the Purple Rain show. Um, you know, I'm just a, I'm a Ravens head, man. I'm out here in the desert in Arizona, but it doesn't stop me from loving my Ravens. So. so to move on now, of course, a lot's been happening over the course since the 2017 season ended. The start of free agency began last week, and now in about a month now, we'll be looking ahead to the NFL draft. A number of players on the Ravens, they've made some cuts. Uh, some players have recently retired since then, and they've signed some free agents. So we're just going to break down each topic. We're going to go down the list one by one. The first off, uh, longtime Raven Ladarius Webb cut, uh, released from the team after nine seasons. The Ravens saved $1.75 million in cap space on this move. He's been with the Ravens again, like I alluded to, since 2009. He played in 127 games as a cornerback in safety, having 409 tackles, 15 interceptions, uh, one pick six with five sacks and five fumble recoveries. He was also a returner. He ran back 85 punts and 38 kicks with one touchdown in each of one of those categories. So, uh, well, this is actually the second year in a row that Ladarius Webb has been released. He's had to restructure his contract. He's been through some injuries. Been an up-and-down player, um, but still a really big leader of that secondary. And they did release him last season and brought him back on a new three-year deal. But not really surprising to see this with, you know, Tony Jefferson's here now. They uh, went heavy in the draft with Marlon Humphrey. They have a lot of pieces in that secondary now. Of course, Brandon Carr's coming back with a heavy cap figure, but 
Um, I think this is where Ravens Nation will truly say goodbye to Webby, who was one of the longest tenured guys on the team. Yeah, uh, Webb was a guy that, you know, you could debate be a Ring of Honor guy. He he was a great player for us. And one of the things that you have to remember about Webb is not only was he a great player for us, but he was one of the true Ravens. He was one of the best people in the locker room. And there's not a person in the organization or in the city of Baltimore that doesn't love the guy. There's no shame in, you know, your career just meeting its end. So, yeah, man, I mean, going on that, you know, I mean, Webby was great for us for multiple years, came back from a couple ACL tears, and, you know, just battled back. And like you said, Chris was just a true Raven. Um, I mean, this year you kind of saw him start off the gates. I mean, he had that huge first game um, against the Bengals, but then throughout the season you kind of saw him relegate um, more and more to the bench with, you know, Chuck Clark kind of coming on and, and Kennedy really stepping up in, in the nickel. So, I mean, he just became kind of, you know, just one of the guys and, you know, kind of met his end. But like you said, man, I mean, just when you think of when you think of the Ravens, Webby's definitely one of those guys that comes to mind for sure. Up next, the Ravens declined Austin Howard's option for 2018. He was ranked very average, 18th best right tackle in the NFL in 2017. The Ravens saved... $3 million in cap space, but uh, this opens up a hole at right tackle, and the Ravens, yes, they did bring back James Hurst on a new four-year deal, a depth move there, but they also lost Ryan Jensen to free agency to the Buccaneers after one season starting. He's now the highest-paid center in the NFL. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't in love with Austin Howard. I know it was a late addition last year to training camp, and I think the Ravens could very well do a similar thing this year if they don't address the offensive line in the draft, but um, even though Austin Howard wasn't great, he still had a heavy cap figure for next year, and the Ravens could have done better. But at the same time, that right tackle position is now an area of need for the Ravens. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer to let, you know, kind of decline his option. Um, like you said, kind of had a, a big big cap hit. Um, he did play pretty well for us. He was one of the, like you said, right there in the middle in terms of where he was ranked for the right tackles this year. Uh, filled in nicely. Um but, you know, when you have a young option on the roster that could possibly play right tackle on Alex Lewis, and then you look at the draft and there's some pretty decent right tackle options with, you know, McGlinchey or Connor Williams from Texas, it's it's kind of hard to sit there and, you know, bite the bullet and um, continue to pay somebody like Austin Howard when you can, you know, go and decline his option and pick up somebody like Crabtree. So, I mean, I think it just came down to the bottom line and, you know, production didn't really meet. Um, what his contract value was. So, you know, you kind of have to wave him goodbye and hope he doesn't become a Patriot. I actually almost wanted him to become a Patriot because I thought he sucked. I, I'm kind of going to be against the grain on that. But the guy, guy didn't run block. I think our running game would have been better with a better right tackle. And I think the Ravens' offensive line is better than you think it is. James Hurst got a contract that broke down, by the way, very well. I mean, we're paying him very little to be a very solid left guard who can play right tackle if need be. Um, the, everyone freaked out about the Hurst deal, but it wasn't that big of a, a news story. I really like what he's done at left guard. It surprised me. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> but then you have to remember, though, that Alex Lewis is coming back, and I think he's your right tackle. Matt Skurr showed that he can replace Ryan Jensen. Um, Nico Saragusa going to be coming back, so you know, you're going to have a battle at center, you're going to have a battle at guard, you're going to have a battle at right tackle. The thing is, we have multiple people, assuming we don't have the same 
laundry list of injuries, we have multiple people for the offensive line. So Austin Howard was incredibly expendable, and uh, while he pass blocked okay, oh my goodness, he was a lazy run blocker. I am sick of it. <laughs> Well, I'm going to combine the next two cuts here into one topic. Danny Woodhead and Jeremy Macklin released. Uh, Danny Woodhead, he was released on March 13th. He retired a few days later. I believe it was on Friday. He only posted 56 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards this season with no scores. The move saved uh, $2.55 million in cap space. The Macklin cut opens up $5 million in cap space. He totaled career lows with 40 receptions and 440 reception yards, and he dealt with several injuries with the la- laundry list of injuries throughout the season. But uh, I was never a fan of Danny Woodhead signing. I did not get uh, giving a running back over the age of 30 coming off a torn ACL a three-year deal. I thought that move was dumb from the start, and I proved to be right on that. Um, and he did retire, and it, even though he had a rough ending to his career, he's definitely a very underrated player. He's not going to put up sexy stats all the time, but he was very solid in the run and uh, pass game especially. The Macklin signing I was a fan of, though, because the Ravens had a needed receiver. They waited a while until somebody got cut. I knew he had just come off a good season in Kansas City two years ago. I thought after being beat up, he would kind of uh, return, but I think it's it's clear that his body's just breaking down, even though he's only 29 years old, will be 30 at the start of the season. His body's just done, um, so I don't mind seeing that, that transaction, that cut at all, uh, but at the same time, that made the, the Ravens receiver room even thinner, and that has since changed, which we'll get to in a minute. Just some thoughts real quick on the uh, releases of Danny Woodhead and Jeremy Macklin. Well, I could have felt more differently about the players. Danny Woodhead is a guy that I'm with you, Jake, never wanted to see the signing, never understood the the signing. Uh, We didn't get what we hoped because he was hurt all the time. But Woodhead, you got to love him. You got to love Danny Woodhead, Uh, one of the best guys in football. Um, he's just, and he's a, he's, he's fun on social media. He's a good, he's a good dude. Uh, he, you know, he's a good teammate. And, you know, he's good on the field. Had some huge catches for us. I, you know, when he's on the field, he, he serves a role. But I, I, I love, love him. I love I love him too. I I don't have a problem with him at all. I just I didn't agree with them giving the contract to a running back his age with the injury history. But that that's all I was. Yeah, yeah no, I, I would say the same thing. I don't like the contract, but I I can't because I want to stress how much I love Danny Woodhead because right. I want to stress how much I don't like Jeremy Macklin. <laughs> I I am so glad that Jeremy Macklin is gone. I would have paid for his bus ticket out of town. You look at Jeremy Macklin as a guy that gave up on this team. He gave up. I don't want to hear that his body is done. I don't want to hear that he's old. He gave up. He did not do he did not give his heart out to this Baltimore Ravens team. There's nothing you can do to convince me he did. The Ravens were sick of it. They were done with it. They paid a guy who was like, oh, we have an actual receiver who's done things in the NFL. What a thought. They paid a guy to be that guy. And guess what? We got better production from a crappy wide receiver core than we got from Jeremy Macklin. I mean, we were. I think we might have been better when he was off the field. That's a problem when you look at uh, Chris Moore, Michael Campanero, Rashad Perryman. You look at the receivers on this team. It was, uh, you know, Mike Wallace was our best receiver. We paid Jeremy Macklin to be our best receiver. He was not. I can't get. I can't tell you how much I am so glad to see Jeremy Macklin leave. I because. 
you know, he was one of my favorite players out of town. When he was the chief. I was like, oh, he's a good player. When he was an eagle, he was, like, he was fun to watch. I don't know what happened or if it's been happening the whole time and just from afar it wasn't as annoying. It is, I, I'm done with the guy. I, I like the signing when it happened only because the Ravens had a needed receiver, but it's clear that he did not fit in with the team and he, he didn't give his best effort. I agree with you from that standpoint, but when they when they made the initial signing, I was a fan of it because it addressed the need that they we had. All That's wore, but it, we all wore, but it was, like, it was like we were in a desert and we just saw root beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I, I got to agree, man. I mean, when Macklin became available and the Ravens were, you know, trying to bid between him and him and the Bills trying to get him and, I looked at it like, oh my gosh, it's like manna from heaven, man. You know, we're we're so lucky. This happens every year. You know, we're we're gonna get a bona fide number one. And all my all my friends that are Eagles fans are sitting there laughing at me. And I'm like, what are you guys, what are you guys laughing about? And I kind of see what they mean. I mean, like Chris, I totally agree. I think back to the to the Steelers game where he just laid on the field and cost the Ravens a timeout. Like it's that kind of stuff that you know the guy just for some reason just lacks passion and. He does. Derek like Mason, I, I I love that point you just made, and the reason I'm butting in is because I want to I want to point out something. Derek Mason played like five weeks with a shoulder injury. Yeah. He's a wide receiver. I mean, he, he Derek Mason landed in the end zone catching a touchdown pass against the Dallas Cowboys in the last game in the Cowboys' old stadium. He yeah. ruined their party. Uh, he's he's balling out in a playoff year for the Ravens. Right. We that's the difference, though. That's the difference. We had guys balling out for us. We had guys balling out for the damn game. And yeah. and Jeremy Macklin. That I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh. I didn't want to bring it up because I never want to be like, oh, a player's faking an injury. But yeah. that was that was. I I never want to be the guy who said, oh, he was faking injury because I wasn't on the field. But no. oh, come on. But, but when, you know, as as Ravens fans are used to, like you said, Derek Mason or an Anquan Bolden, a guy that broke his face when he was with the Cardinals and comes back three weeks later, we're used to, you know, tough, tough SOBs like that, that when you have a guy like Mackin that's just soft like Charmin, no offense, it it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. And that's, to me, that's why I'm excited about the Crabtree signing because that guy, I mean, yeah, he can get into an argument, but you can't argue the fact that Crabtree's going to go up and get it, and he's going to fight for oh, the absolutely. So it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air, you know, to, to mm-hmm. have a guy like that after dealing with Macklin. Mm-hmm. And with Woodhead, you know what? It's a it's a shame because that first drive against the Bengals, man, I was I was watching it, and I was just like, oh man, here we go. We finally got Joe, you know, that little scat back that you can just dump it off to and get that third down, move the chains. And in you know, in, in typical fashion, you know, he he pulls the hammy, and we don't see him for half the season. And you know, it's a shame because the guy just brings hustle and grit, and that's contagious in the locker room. And you know, him and Weddle had a, an amazing relationship, and he got along with everybody else in the locker room. And he's just he's one of those guys that you just generally want in in the locker room. And you know, he's going to be missed. He didn't play much, but you you got you better believe that he left an impression in that locker room. And it's a shame that, you know, he has to go out the way that he did because you know, you know that he wishes that he could have played a whole season and had a real big impact on a team like the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a shame that he we got him in his, his late stage of his career. I mean, could you imagine getting those golden years that the Chargers and the Patriots got? Right. I mean, just a perfect player for, for the, the type of 
quarterback Joe's become. I mean, Joe well, is actually the dink and dunk offense. Right. Yeah. You know, as much as we want to pull our hair out and, you know, curse Marty, I mean, Danny was the perfect kind of running back for them. You know what? I bet if he would have been healthy, it, you would have probably had a different kind of offense those first, like, six weeks. So it's a shame, but, hey, you know, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. And you look at the <clears throat> the depth chart for next year, I mean, Alex Collins just really coming out of nowhere and doing great. And, you know, you got um, Buck Allen, who, who not a bad receiver out of the backfield himself. You know, he's a good option. And then Kenneth Dixon. If he can, if he can stay out of Harbaugh's doghouse, hey man, he's a good option too. And I mean, this this draft class, as we've highlighted on the on the site, is just loaded at running backs and great options. And anybody that follows me on Twitter knows if we got Rashad Penny from San Diego State, hey, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be doing a happy dance. So, or Mark Walton, or Sonny Michelle, or Nick Chubb. I mean, heck, Darius Geis in the first round isn't bizarre. I don't know if it's what I want to do, but it isn't bizarre. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, and, you know, Danny's going to be missed, but it's not going to hurt the team in the long run. Since the Ravens have released those two players, they've signed two wide receivers. The first one was John Brown signing a one-year, $5 million deal for an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, information on him, he's never started 16 games in his four-year career, uh, never had that accomplishment due to several injuries. He has the sickle cell trait, and he only played in five games last season. He only has one season with more than 1,000 receiving yards, that coming in 2015. So there's a, a lot of concern there. Again, the ceiling's high for him. He has a very good ability to stretch the field and be a deep threat. You know, Joe Flacco's been looking for that for a couple of years now, so there is some potential there, but there is also a low floor with him with all of the injuries. Then last week, uh, late last week, Michael Crabtree signing a three-year, $21 million with, uh, deal with the Ravens with $11 million guaranteed. He's 30 years old, had a down year last season uh, with the Raiders, but he has two seasons in his career with over 1,000 receiving yards and four seasons with at least eight, 874 yards through the air. I'm not sure if he's a true number one receiver, but I'm very happy with the signing. I think where Jeremy Macklin lacked passion, Michael Crabtree is going to be the fire that... Uh, quite frankly, Joe Flacco needs to have lit under his ass. And I think he's going to get Joe playing a lot better with a lot more uh, fire. I'm not sh- I'm not so sure about the John Brown signing. Um, I think there's a lot of risk-, risk there in terms of injuries, but they got him on a cheap deal. They're not done addressing that position. There's still some guys they could target in free agency. There's still some guys that are going to get cut. Um, and they also have the draft to look into it as well. So now just some thoughts on the two wide receivers that the Ravens got through free agency uh, last week, and then after that, we'll talk about the wide receiver that they didn't get. Yeah, you know, when when John Brown, when we signed him and it was announced, I, I think I was one of the few people that actually was pretty excited about it. Yeah, he has the injury history. I'm looking at it right now, you know, five, six, five games started. He had, like you said, he had the one great year in 2015 where he had a, over a 1,000 yards. But you look at somebody that, you know, he's had a lot of different injuries, and he had, I think he said he had like a fist on his spine. But if you look at just a, a boomer bust, you know, um, signing, I mean, the guy we signed him for one year, $5 million. If that guy lives up to his potential that he showed in 2015, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic option for, for Flacco. I mean, I was at that game back in 2015 um, where, where the Ravens came out here to Arizona, and I remember him just burning one of our, our corners for a 35-yard touchdown, just, you know, making it look silly. So the guy has the big playability. And that's kind of what um, Joe looks for. And, you know, the signing doesn't really bode well for somebody like a Brashad Perriman. I mean, they are kind of a similar receiver, you know, where these guys that are always hurt. 
But at least, you know, with John Brown, he's, he's kind of shown that he can do it. Um, so if, if the guy really, you know, really does stay healthy, he could be a huge weapon for us. And then, you know, Chris and I already talked about Crouch. He's just the, just the kind of guy you look for when you want, when you want a Ravens receiver. Just toss his nails, brings it every play. He's going to get in the corner space. He's not going to take any crap from anybody. And, you know, it's just the guy that we really have been lacking since Steve Smith left. You know, just somebody that's going to go out there and bring some swagger. And, you know, my hope, obviously, is that we have both these guys um, and that I, I would love to see Mike Wallace come back, but I don't think we're going to see him until after, you know, sometime in May just so it doesn't affect any kind of comp picks or anything like that. But, you know, Ozzie kind of made me nervous when we went out and tried to sign Ryan Grant, and this was his whole, you know, idea of changing the wide receiver room. But, you know, it's actually – I think it's coming together pretty nicely because if you look at those two guys – and, you know, you continue to see development from some of the younger guys on the roster, and you add somebody maybe in the first round like a Cortland Sutton. I mean, hey, man, that, that's, that's a significantly better wide receiver room than what we had last year. So, you know, last year when we're having Campanero and who knows what lining up as our starting receivers, it can only really go up from there. Yeah. Um, when you think of Ravens football, and I know we're drawing this point home, the first word that comes to your mind when you think Ravens football is not pretty. It, it never has been. It never will be. Michael Crabtree is, is, gets the dirty work done. And let me tell you this right now. He is not coming off a down year. This is a misnomer when you look at the stat sheet. This is a misnomer. He had eight touchdowns. That's a good number. That's a great number. He had eight touchdowns. That's three three less than our entire receiving core last right. year. Right. And we didn't have one who ca- caught more than four. <laughs> I, it was pathetic. So it, it's pathetic. But Crabtree was coming off a down year. Okay, he had fifty what fifty two receptions, uh, eight hundred yards somewhere around there. That's pretty good for six hundred eighteen. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good considering the Raiders were down. EJ Manuel was throwing the ball for what four games. Um, Derek Carr had a down year. The Raiders were a crap team. They were bad. They did it. They were the most disappointing team in football, and those numbers, yeah, they they were good. They were good for that season, and the year before it, he had a monster season. So I see Michael Crabtree as a guy whose production production has not diminished. You put him in this offense, make him the number one receiver, whether he is the number one or not. I mean, his targets are going to go up. His production is going to go up. I mean, people – look, he scored eight touchdowns three years in a row. Three years ago, he scored nine. I mean, that, the guy's a touchdown machine. He's a red zone threat. He's a great route runner. He catches the 50-50 balls. He's tough. I mean, I don't know how you could be anything more than excited. But you know what? We know this. Let's talk about John Brown. And I really love I really love what Jonathan said because he hit it on the nail. Another thing I want to point out is if we're right about him, the receiving free agents class next year is so much better than it was this year. So if we're right about him, and he does great, he's coming off a great year, we can resign him a lot cheaper than we would have been able to if he was coming off a great year in 2017, because you look at Odell Beckham, I mean, dude, the receiving free agency class, is, they're all becoming free agents. It's ridiculous. So that that could work out financially for us next year if we want to bring him back. So 
I like to prove a deal. John Brown, you know, he had a thousand yard season in 2015. He could take the top off the defense. He, you know, he stays on the field. I mean, pe- people have to remember he was kind of healthy last season. He just couldn't get into the rotation because the Cardinals are like, okay, we have to replace you. So I, I like the move. I like Crabtree a lot. I love Crabtree. I think he's just so perfect for the Ravens. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's perfect. Going on that Crabtree point too, I, I don't understand. I know not to get off track. But I don't understand where the Raiders think that Jordy Nelson's better than Crabtree because well, I'm thirty-two year old. Nelson. Yeah, a thirty-two year old hardly run last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here's the thing, Jordy Nelson. If your argument is that Jordy Nelson has a better career, I'm not going to argue the point. He also had Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, but. <laughs> That helps. And before that, I'm pretty sure he was there with Fark. So, I mean, he, he's had great quarterback play. But but Jordy Nelson, you know, he's not going to give you the touchdowns. He's not going to give you the touchdowns that Crabtree is. He's not going to give you the red zone threat. I mean, Jordy Nelson, yeah, five years ago it would be a conversation. Right now I want Crabtree. And it, it was a financial decision. I mean, the Raiders saved money by signing a – veteran receiver and letting go of another one. So they saved, what, $7.2 million? Yeah, that's what they were thinking. And they can sell it all you want. But Crabtree was also ready to go. I think Crabtree got ticked off. And you know what? I really want to see Jimmy Smith and Michael Crabtree uh, meet because that will be an interesting introduction after the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) You know, know, all all Jimmy's got to do is wave his ring around and, you know, <laughs> but that's it's gonna be, be fun. As much as Michael Crouchery said that he grew up a Ravens fan, it's gotta be a little hard to see, like you said, Jimmy walk around the locker room waving that ring in his face. <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta be honest with you though. And this is totally off subject. And I love Jim Harbaugh, but the biggest mistake they made that Super Bowl, the fade to the end zone. It limits your chances. You're if you didn't get the interference call with that throw, you weren't gonna do it. Plus the the blitz uh, you know, Dean Pease doesn't do a lot right, but he had pressure right in Kaepernick's face, so a good throw wasn't going to happen. Yes, that that play, can we just, like, have it on an endless loop? I love it. <laughs> I'm also happy that Crab Trace with the Ravens because his last name has the word crab in it. Oh, that's perfect, yeah. Oh, I, I already enjoy doing the emojis with the crab and the tree. Like, that's perfect. <laughs> Me as well. Well, moving on, we have to talk about one of the biggest debacles, I think, in Ravens history, and that would be the whole situation with Ryan Grant. Uh, heard of him? We haven't either. Initially signed to a four-year, $29 million deal with $14.5 million guaranteed, going to a guy who has not posted more than 90 receiving yards in a game or has 1,000 career receiving yards in four seasons. The Ravens later voided the contract after seeing something concerning on his physical, and he Earlier today, signed a one-year, $5 million deal with the Colts, so the Ravens costing him nearly $10 million in guaranteed money. Uh, when they first made the move, I thought it was one of the dumbest things ever. I hadn't heard of Ryan Grant. I looked up his stats and saw this, and I'm like, what am I missing here? Like, I, I didn't understand it at all. But at the same time, when they voided the contract and then ended up with Michael Crabtree instead, yeah, it might make the, the Ravens look bad. It might make them look like assholes, but I'm not complaining at all, honestly. Your thoughts on the Ryan Grant debacle that has made me question the franchise more than I ever have before, um, but after it's all said and done, I think they're in much better shape than they were had this deal gone through. 
All right, a few things. One, what's going on with the Redskins soccer? Prashad Breland uh, failed a physical as well. Two, uh, Ryan Grant said there was nothing wrong. If there was nothing wrong, I think he might have gotten better than one year, low-risk, $5 billion. Uh, um, uh, but here's the deal. Ryan Grant is a guy that everyone had to Google, and because they had to Google him, he, they automatically assumed he was the worst option possible. To be perfectly honest, I like the signing if it had gone through. I don't like it at that money, but you know what? If you look at the free agent market, there was almost no contract that I liked. I think the uh, Chiefs, Sammy Watkins deal, are you kidding me? I mean, his best season, his best season is 60 something receptions and it's a few seasons ago. Like, I just, like, I wanted Watkins, but I didn't, th- I thought Robinson would get like $10 million, $10, $11 million, and then it would go down from there. You know, I didn't see this ridiculous money going for wide receivers. So that's kind of fell in line. I mean, Dante Moncrief got paid and he's fine. Um, if we got him, he would have been a consolation prize. It wouldn't have been like, we got Dante Minecraft, reserve your spot at the Ravens Parade right now. Um, so, you know, Brian Grant's deal wasn't as bad as what. He has a good route runner. Uh, I actually did a Q&A with the Washington Redskins uh, fan-sided affiliate, Rigos Rag, and um, Jacob Kamenker was the uh, site expert there. He, he kind of filled me in, and I was like, you know what? I like this. This is fine. So I don't judge the Ravens at all, though, because the Baltimore Ravens have been just destroyed by injuries every single year. If there's one thing, dude, honestly, if you had a common cold, I'd be concerned. (laughs) I mean, so they were going to give them big money because that's what the market dictated um, before the physical. And the market dictated he was going to get more paid. Whether it was that he was going to get paid more than he should have, no matter what. That's just the way it was. So the Ravens were very cautious. And you know what? I believe Ozzie Newsom when he says it was a medical thing. It was out of my hands. Anyone who thinks, "Oh, Crabtree became available," no, that was just bad timing. Crabtree was coming to town one way or the other. And if you look, we got Crabtree for almost nothing because of the situation, situation and context are things that people are really having a problem with. Uh, fair to scrutinize the Ravens, but if you scrutinize them, I, I think you're going to see they pass. And if Ryan Grant got a big deal elsewhere, it would be a lot different. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have the same thoughts. I, I, I had to Google. I mean, I had heard of Ryan Grant, but I didn't know his production really at all. I mean, he had a, a decent season last year, you know, 573 yards, four touchdowns. And if you really watched any kind of Redskins film, I mean, he was he was a good target for Kirk Cousins, and I mean, he's been described as you know Jay Gruden's boy. And just Jay Gruden loved Ryan Grant, but the fans apparently weren't too fond of him. Um, like you said, Chris, I mean, I don't after watching some of the film, I wouldn't have minded having him in the receiving room just because he's kind of a tough guy. Um, kind of, I mean, take this lightly, but kind of a poor man, Steve Smith, in a way, just how he can move the chains and stuff. But, I mean, four years, $29 million. I mean, you look at the contract that Crabtree got, and you're, you're paying less to Crabtree than you would have Ryan Grant. I mean, that, that raises a few a few flags. So, I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that there was any foul play 
at all, obviously. I mean, the Ravens just aren't that kind of a franchise. Not to sound like a homer, but we just have never been that. Um, if there truly was something, you know, then, hey, the Ravens doctors found it, and that's what happened. And like you said, Chris, perfect point. You know, I mean, if he didn't have anything wrong with him, he wouldn't have got more. He would have got more than a one-year deal. Um, you know, I think I think this is being completely overblown. I mean, like you said, Rashad Breland with his foot injury. You know, I mean, I don't think the Panthers have really caught any flack for that. So it, it's a little it's a little concerning that you know the media wants to paint the Ravens in a in a bad picture for this. But hey, like you said, just bad timing with the Crabtree signing. I mean, Ozzy even said, like you said, they would have taken both of them if they could. And you know what? That would have been a good receiving room. But you know, hey, things happen, and you know, good luck to Ryan Grant. Good luck in in Indy. He's fine there today. So um, no hard feelings. Like, hey, I'm I'm kind of glad we're not spending all that money on him for the next four years. I wouldn't be shocked if Grant wants to file litigation against the Ravens. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, because if, dude, think about it. You are going to get fourteen million dollars guaranteed. I don't care who's right or wrong. Ryan Grant really thinks the Ravens are wrong and is really <laughs> bad. Like if someone told me, "Hey, guess what, Chris? You're about to get fourteen million dollars guaranteed, no matter what." I'd be like, "Awesome! This is amazing!" Then someone takes it away, dude. People, people are murdered for less than that. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Just, I I don't expect the story to go away. I think maybe they file agreements or whatever legal proceeding. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's got to be a way to make the Ravens at least annoyed by the fact that this happened. Yeah, I, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to kind of feel for the guy about to get his big payday and then kind of, I mean, hard, hard to say, but settles on a $5 million. Can you imagine contract. being his dad right now? Be like, <laughs> be like, but you just gave me the phone call. We just, we took you out to dinner to celebrate. <laughs>